Today we have part two with Dr. Neil Desai. He is a co-founder for the MedFlash Go program and a contributor to the Happy Doc podcast. If you missed part one, you have to go back and see that. We're actually having a lot of discussions on social media about it right now because I have nominated Neil for the gold medal for the uh, best intro story that we've heard so far. So it's going to be really hard to compete with that one. If you haven't heard that, go back, listen to part one, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the One Minute Preceptor Podcast, your resource for clinical rotation advice and tips to prepare for your externships in healthcare. Learn how to earn letters of recommendation, prepare for your clerkship, and excel at patient care from preceptors with years of practice. We interview physician educators in every specialty and clinical setting to discuss how to prepare for your rotation and improve your clinical experience. Here's your host and MedEd entrepreneur, Chase DeMarco. So then getting to students, what are expectations you have of students if they're going to start a rotation with you? So one of the things with students is all I ask is that they, I would ask that they keep an open mind. I think a lot of times students just go through things and they want to get the honor. They want to get the high rotation and just move on. I know what students think. (laughs) I've seen it. I've been been around for 15 years. So it's like, I get it while they're just there because they have to be there. I think for me, it's more like, hey, dude, come on. This is more about taking charge of your own education, you're missing out if you don't. The biggest thing is really for students, I want them to learn how to learn. That is the biggest thing. So I don't care what you, what specialty you go in, whatever makes you happy, right? But my thing is, as an educator, I want you to learn how to learn, how to think critically, how to think for yourself, and basically not just do something because you think it's what other people think you should do. That's the other thing. That's my whole old thing. It's like doing what you think because other people think you should do it or because it looks good or because that. I want you to be true to what you want to do. How can you answer your calling in your own way and doing that, but also loving the art of medicine? That is my thing is really to instill that passion that like, I think a lot of it's getting beaten out these days. But my thing is, but I want to give uh, some hope, inspiration and be like, hey, it's still an awesome field. I, I wouldn't change it. I would never change doing, I love doing this. I just have a lot of ideas on how to make things better. And that's what I want them to do. And I also want them to not underestimate themselves. I think a lot of students get like, you know, you're like the fake it till you make it or imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's, that's a common mm-hmm. thing. Uh, or <laughs> I know for your generation, I, I don't know how you're older, but like FOMO is a big thing, like social media, all this, because yeah. we didn't have that in my, when I was in the, like the internet just came out when I was in school, I'm like dating myself. But my whole thing is really for, I think, is really getting comfortable in your own skin, which is hard because you're in a very difficult hierarchical system. But what I would argue is that that's changing. And I don't think people are really paying attention to it as much because over the last 20 years, I mean, you see this, like you have access to all these tending physicians and specialists and people, real major influencers in different healthcare aspects, which 20 years ago was not possible for me. You know, you're just on the bottom of the totem pole. So what I want students to learn and going through my rotation is that a couple of things, definitely primary care. They, they need to learn the basics of primary care. Yes. That's given like all the aspects of primary care being the, how to integrate healthcare and preventing medical complications and things about disease processes, medication, side effects, all that's a given that's any rotation. Right. But I want them, I want to give them the tools that long-term that they really instill that love for doing what they do and getting excited about it, and then getting energized, and really kind of like being able to translate that energy to like, 
take care of their patients, take care of themselves, take care of their family, their community, and just be happier, healthier, wealthier, and wiser. (laughs) It's pretty simple. I love that so many primary care physicians that I've interviewed say the same thing. We want you to still learn how to learn, which is a great segue to mention my Medical Nemonist podcast, because that's what we cover a lot, learning how to learn, cognitive psychology of learning, memory techniques and stuff, but also the uh, the, like taking charge of your own education, because that's a common theme that it's never quite clear between the transition from undergrad to medical school to clinical rotations, how much of the education is the responsibility of the teacher versus how much of it is on the student themselves. So just clarifying that mentally, I think might help a lot of students better prepare before getting to the rotation. Definitely. That is a big thing. What I want students today, 2019, y'all listening out there, want you to understand you're in charge of your own education because what's happening, and this is, I think even like a lot of what I call like mainstream medicine, like traditional formal education, it's been flipped on its head because we have new forms of every, and even this is just regular education, actually, and studying a lot of this, you know, this, I think a lot of education, it's all because I've seen this over the last 20 years, seeing from a, before the internet existed, like we just had books, right? And then I finished my residency oh four, and all of a sudden you started having blogs and then you had like online videos and then now you have podcasts and you have all these things, online uh, question banks, you're tested online on computers. We weren't tested. Like I was the last one to take the old step one, <laughs> the two day thing, the paper and pencil, the paper and pencil exam, two day exam. And that, and we, that, like I was the first one to take step two on the computer. So you couldn't that transition. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's crazy. So like the, the whole thing is learn to learn, but also I think you can do some extra learning. And like a lot of times, I think people constrain themselves to the boxes of what their rotation is. What I would argue is that like, whereas like they say, well, it's too much. Or it's like, then go the way I kind of throw that like, well, taking charge of your own education. Well, go listen to a podcast on something that you're interested in. Go watch a video. I mean, it's, it's all free. Like, or, like listen to how to learn, right? Listen about surgery or orthopedic surgery. I mean, there are orthopedic surgeons doing blogs or videos or plastic surgeons we have access to it you guys have access to all this take advantage of it and instead of like dwelling on what isn't focus on what is and your opportunities resources people you can connect you're very accessible so am i so i'm like you know taylor is like like psychiatry family med right it's like search like you can have access and this is the other thing is that i'm also going to say that like when you start doing creative things that integrate your clinical interest so if there's a research, or if you're into ENT or dermatology or whatever it is, go search out those people on social media and LinkedIn, Doximity, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and then start following them. And then, but the thing is the really cool thing, if you start like a creative thing, like a blog, you start building up your own, what I would call, I'm not, brand has a negative reputation. So I'll say reputation because brand sounds kind of, it can be, people looks at it negative, like a, it can be like sleazy kind of negative connotation and, and doctor speak or medical community speak. We're we're developing our reputation. This is age old thing, right? Community reputation, building up a reputation as legitimate authority in your field to allow you to connect and collaborate with colleagues in your community uh, on the same level and really kind of create new awesome dialogues. And then that's how medical innovation happens. That's how we drag mainstream medicine stuck in the past in 20th century kicking and screaming into the 21st century. And that's kind of what I say, like leverage these tools, tying it all together. The whole thing is really take charge of your education. It's, today, it's all about self-learning. 
it's about self-learning and, and using these tools. And that's the way these education tools are going because you guys are learning online. So it's, so it's just doing more of that, do more of it. And, and t- instead of, I would argue like, instead of wasting time on scrolling, you know, social media, all these other things, what I would say is go find people that you're interested, that you want to follow, that can teach you something that you can't learn in a, in, in a, um, in a textbook or a formal classroom. I love it. And that kind of touches on my five, 10 year plan is start an online medical school. So we're uh, working towards that. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. The next question is how can a student best prepare for a rotation? Like, are there certain resources you recommend they read before? Do you hand out anything from the start with you? I don't like to give like a didactic thing because what I'm finding more and more is everyone learns differently. Everyone has different passions. I look at it kind of like, almost like if you're running a business or something, you got to know your employees. I like to get to know the student as a person, human. What do you want to do? And I'm like, my thing is just be real, be authentic, be honest. What do you want to achieve? Like, if you don't know, you don't know. That's fine. It's cool. I'm like, don't pander to like the rotation. I know there's some that will be like, oh, I totally want to be a family doc. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> right? You see it. <laughs> yeah. They're fishing for that letter of recommendation. Yeah, I know. I'm like, dude, it's like, you can tell we're really into it or, or don't. But like, my thing is, so what do I do? I, I would say Believe it or not, I actually go more, I'm a little, I'm a little untraditional. So if you haven't figured that out yet, like a little rare. So my thing is actually, I'll actually say podcast and blogs and videos because that's their language. I know how to speak. They're, like it's learning someone's language. So if you know, hey, what, what do you like? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you watch videos? Do you read blogs? What is your medium? Because people get so caught up in anal about like the, the, the medium of consumption. How, I like to read a book. All right, cool. All right, read a book. <laughs> like, or I have to like, I can't learn through podcast or audio. I'm like, all right, then watch a video. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. My thing is, what is it? And then let me know what it is. And then I can tailor that curriculum. It's the beauty of beauty of being a quarterback and being at my age and having some experience and time served is like I know a lot of people in different specialties and and who are doing different cool things. And then I can be like, hey, go check this out. I think it will really get you excited about the field that you want to go into. And I'm also kind of uh, subtly kind of introducing mediums from the 20th century to kind of like, you know what I mean? To kind of get them to buy into what we're doing <laughs> as opposed to just telling them, hey, I want you to be happy. I'm like, or like, shut up. I got to take my boards. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I kind of did the same thing when I came out with a, an online micro course last year is I created all the video lectures myself, which took forever. But then after creating the curriculum, I'm like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Let's add links to podcasts that are related to this topic. Definitely. So if they want extra supplemental resources, they have that and free uh, online micro books. I asked permission from a few authors to put a link into the course and like just giving them all the resources they need. And most of them are out there for free. So there's no reason to spend thousands of dollars on some third party video software anymore. Definitely. You know, the thing is, it's really, I find fascinating. There are a lot of medical students who are great content creators for like medical education, who best to learn from someone who just went through the rotation he just went to. I was like, crap. I was like, if I was like freaking like, if I had access to this information, I would have like 50 Nobel prizes by now back, back in the day. You know, like, I mean, I'm just kidding, but I'm like, sort of, but like, but I'm just saying that like, you guys are so lucky to have this access to this information because, because here's why, let me explain why. Not only do you have the access to information, you have accessibility to the people like they are accessible. You can be like, you can reach out virtually online. And this is something I did in my personal space with my son and with trying to figure out his medical condition and rare, like the, the virtual connections can be a gateway drug to real life spaces. 
So let me explain. So when you start creating, like, for example, for you, you start a podcast, right? Or Taylor Swift's podcast. You start forming a community that's attracted to you, your vibe, your tribe, you, you form your own tribe and your tri- you know, vibe attracts your tribe and that kind of thing and vice versa. And then all of a sudden you have a community that filters out things that aren't interested in what you're doing, but that's cool. But you have those true fans and this true community that's really committed to what you're doing. Then that community builds. And then what happens is that builds up serendipity virtually. And then that can lead to real life conferences, spaces, collaborations, research opportunities, all sorts of cool stuff. And that's what's happening with us with the voice stuff. And this is what happened with me with the, with the OI stuff. It was like, oh, wow, like you just start creating something and cool stuff. You don't expect it, but you don't even, ex- it gives you opportunities that you never knew you had. And I think a lot of, a lot of students, a lot of doctors also, they feel they have to stay confined within the box of I did, I'm on this rotation. Then I got to do this. I don't want to upset the apple cart. What will people think? What will my school think? What will my, cause there's a big culture of fear instilled into us, right? Rightfully so. You don't want to get sued. You don't want to have bad patient outcomes, but on the other end, it also does at the expense of our creative outlets and our ability to connect. So I think one of those things that is really taking charge of your education and doing these creative outlets, it basically allows you to create new opportunities and then uh, collaborations. And that, I think that's the 21st century model for success. Start creating something online. And then it's also figuring out, are you good at block? Like, first, it's like, what are you interested in? Orthopedic surgery, cool, start to be like a reporter. So this is what these doctors are doing, like kind of like we both kind of do a little bit, you know, this is what they're doing. And, and then you kind of learn from them, from the experts, and then you kind of become like an expert on that specialty or feel or whatever. And then you become in the conversation. And then that can lead you to mentors and apprenticeships or like, you know, kind of uh, clerkships. And then that leads to more connections. That's what we call the flip connection game. Because people are like, how do I get a mentor? I'm like, start something you're interested in. Because then you're like, you know, like a blog, a podcast, a channel, but, but a lot of it's just getting over that fear that because what's happened is people think Taylor talked about this. I've talked about it. Like we're afraid that we think people are going to judge us or that it's going to be like, what are you doing? Or kick you out of school or something like that. As long, here's the deal. As long as you do it professionally, ethically, and responsibly, if you do it right, you, you leave your digital fingerprint out there. It builds a good reputation and it really gives patients a good vibe of like who you are. So it builds your brand your, your reputation and you get patients that you can convert to like see you see you in the practice and like for your for your thing which is what we all want and and they'll they'll trust you that's the other thing builds up trust trust is in low supply these days this allows you to build trust that is the that is huge and i think if you can do that that's really big yeah i love it that's perfect and i completely agree that's how i got my foot in the door and things have just blossomed since then and i love the uh, the term coopetition. Yeah. So I'd much rather work with other physicians and and any students out there, like you said, content creators, please contact me. I'm willing to to work on anything that time allows. And the more we work together, the more we can accomplish. So why not? Yeah, that is totally, that is a big thing. So uh, just the term coopetition, just to unpack that a little bit, just for listeners, you probably talked a, a little bit about it, but like, it's basically the, in the past, you, we all know the gunners, cutthroats, all that, all that's, we know that goes on. Here's the thing. Once you're in the system, right? The way w- the big shift, there's been a shift over the last 20 over the last 20 years. And this has a lot to do uh it's been very nuanced. But I think what's happened is me being like in my mid 40s kind of the sandwich generation of being a Gen Xer like between boomers and millennials, I'm like 
I'm like the Jan Brady of generations here where I'm just like, <laughs> right. But anyway, I've been able to kind of see the whole landscape. I've seen this kind of shift where things are going. So what's happened is on the digital spaces, it's about collaborations because my watching my son, watching a YouTuber or something, right? They do cross collaborations. It's the same thing for podcasters. They build audiences. And then when they kind of do a collab, they each siphon each other's followers, listeners for podcasters, viewers for YouTubers or bloggers, readers, right? You build your audience. And what are you doing at the end of the day? You're building your reputation, but you're also collaborating, but you're also like, so you're also in cooperation. It's not a zero sum game. Like if you do well, right? It doesn't mean that Taylor and I don't do well. If I'm, do, I'm just doing, seeing what you're doing, but I'm learning what you're doing well. And then we kind of share information. We, we have a friendly competition to do better, but we're competing against ourselves to do better. But we both share secrets, trade secrets. And so doing, we both build each of our reputations. We both win. And it's like, and it gives us the joy of medicine compounded. So what I like to call the compounding community effect, just like compounding interest. It's this compounding capital, human capital effect where you build that reputation. And then that gives you a lot more of the things that we all complain about in medicine today, which is not having autonomy and all the third parties sucking the joy out of medicine. Well, this gives us, this is our great equalizer. I look at it as like uh, our, um, how we restore balance to the force <laughs> from the evil empire. <laughs> it's, our, it's our lightsaber. For, I don't know how you want, what analogy you want to use, but if that makes any sense, it, it's a great democratizer. That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is Jason Marco, and before we continue with today's great programming, I would like to share some information on my new book, Read This Before Medical School, with my co-authors Greg Rodden and Ted O'Connell. There are many blogs, podcasts, and books with tidbits of information and personal anecdotes for medical students. But wouldn't you like to know what the literature actually recommends? Wouldn't you like to have a simple yet powerful method for tackling board exam questions? Wouldn't you also like training in accelerated learning techniques? In our book, we introduce our MedEdge method. This powerful self-assessment tool allows you to identify personal weak points in your studies and gives advice on how to correct them. So if you would like to know more, check out the links in the show notes or visit your online bookstore of choice and purchase Read This Before medical school. It's not just for pre-meds, but any student with medical or specialty boards on the horizon. Not sure if you're ready to buy? No problem. Download our free essentials of PDF at freemeded.org slash medstudents. And now back to the show. So we've definitely got on a few awesome tangents yeah, so far. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I totally went on script. <laughs> great material. Great material. Getting more back to the, the students, right. uh, the audience of this group. I know we briefly touched on it earlier, but for those like looking for a letter of recommendation, mm -hmm. are there particular things you look for? Or do you want them to ask early? Do you want them to show you certain aspects beforehand? Like how do they notify you that's what they're looking for? Yeah, I think for them, it comes back to like showing passion, really interest. Again, it's like, are you disinterested or do you truly have a curiosity? What is your curiosity level on learning from patients, from me, from my staff? Because there's a lot of other things you learn. So I think for them, if they want to get a good recommendation, I think the biggest thing I would say is people notice, like students, like I have a lot of uh, patients say, I mean, where, where's your student? I'm like, they're really good. Or they remember them. Like they've seen them a couple of times because they made such an impression because they were really curious about what was going on and, you know, and, and just sharing, uh, sharing that information. So a couple of things. I want to know how curious a student is, but I also want to know how do they connect? How are they connecting? Connecting with other students, with the patients, with everything. Okay. Yeah, because if they're disconnected in any of it, I think a lot of it kind of takes all of it down because 
you really got to be connected to your purpose, connected to what you're doing. But what do I mean by that? Basically, are you fully present with your preceptor? Are you listening? That's the other thing. Are you listening? Are you really listening? Not just hearing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And then processing that and then being like, oh, that's really good. Can you have a conversation? And that's also being able to converse. That's the other thing. I think that's an important thing, like having a conversation. So this, this is all like EQ, soft skills, I guess you could call it. But I think it's really important. I think it gets, it's in the quote unquote curriculum for medical school, but I think the real, where the rubber hits the road is in these moments of the exam room, uh, when we're just chilling, like, hanging out in the office and like, how are you just talking about life or medicine? Like, you know, cause it's like, you can't isolate it. It's all affects one another. So I, I think learning how to converse is a big thing and being curious. So those are the things I think if they really want to shine, it's about doing those things like learn, you know, being curious and really um, that art of conversation and uh, being able to connect. Very good. I like it. Yeah. Getting the, uh, the curiosity and the passion seems to be a reoccurring theme, but so for another addition here that I've recently added is another personal question, kind of like the icebreaker. And you can choose between the two, you can answer both, but the questions are one, is there anything you have done, you would have done differently in your career or education or what is one of the dreams that you would like to see happen in medicine in your lifetime? Yeah, so a couple things. One of the things that I think I made a big mistake in my medical training, and I, and I really want to make drive this point, all joking, kidding aside, is that I think it's important, the medical training process can be very isolating. And I don't think we really, this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot. A lot of times medical students try to be a martyr, or, and just physicians in general. You know, you have to keep up talking about. And it's like we try to do it all ourselves. Try to be Superman, Superwoman, and it's like mm -hmm. we don't want to look for help. Right? Don't want to look for support. exactly. So the biggest thing is that self awareness of like basically when you are feeling like because it's going to happen. This is a triathlon and mountain climb. So my biggest thing was like I'll just deal with it. But then it manifests in other things. You know, you don't sleep right. You don't take care of your health before you know it, you're, you know, you may have some mental stress and all these other things. Right. And it's just like affects your relationships. Right. And it's like, I, I think part of the, and you lose your hobbies and all these other things, it consumes you. So I think the biggest thing is what you were saying is one, uh, it goes back to that communication. I really think it's people are aware of how they're communicating, connecting with themselves so they can communicate. So I really want students to get that. Like if you're feeling low or if you're feeling that, like you're just running it, like you need help. It's okay to ask for help. I mean, I, it took me some time, some where I hit like rock bottom a couple of times to really ask for help. But there were other times where I tried to do it and it hurt me in the long run. So I really want people to over communicate, to ask for help early. The earlier that you learn to ask for help, that is a skill. And it's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of either. I think that's the other thing. People think that they, sometimes they may think that makes them weak. It's the opposite. People who are the strongest and most successful physicians or any people in any career, they were always willing to ask for help. No one gets through life alone. So just understand that. Our patients ask the same, like they, I mean, our patients, they come to us sometimes, well, I never go to the doctor until something's wrong, but then they're there, but they're asking for help, right? So we should follow that model and be like, we're humans too. Ask for help, communicate. So I think keeping that open line of communications, especially when you start the medical process, you're going to a new place, new school, new system, new people. I think it's also important to 
find uh, a, a, your core, like one, a couple people that that inner core. Hey, I'm going to call you at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday night, and I just need to complain or I just need to vent. Whatever it is, I don't care. I'm going to call you at 2 a.m. You call me at like because you're going to need that favor returned. I think just having that kind of conversation early on, again from a primary perspective, can prevent a lot of a lot of pain and suffering and and bad decisions, right? And outcomes. And you guys cover a lot of building support systems on the Happy Doc podcast, correct? Correct. So that could be a good resource for students to check out. Yeah. So if you're everyone's interested, Happy Doc podcast, you're all over social and happydoc.com. So it's it's pretty self-explanatory. But that that is one. So change something you would have done differently in your career education is building that support system sooner. Yes. And then a- and ask building a support system to ask for help. Got it. I think it still happens for a lot of people. I think I see it a lot still today with my colleagues or with <laughs> communities, you know, just physicians, students. It's not just students. It's it's across the board. I'm trust me on this from personal <laughs> mistakes, my career, personal space. I, I didn't do that. And, and, and then also being honest with yourself. I think a lot of times we lie to ourselves. And I think really being true, just honest. And when you're not being true to yourself, that, that, that really causes a lot of problems too. Cognitive biases, confirmation totally, biases for everyone, totally. including physicians. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as to, like, to say the bigger thing, also the dream, this, it goes to pretty much, uh, basically what I want is, it goes back to basically allowing people to basically thrive in the 21st century model. Again, to allow, basically when I, when we, I talked about this, the tagline earlier, allow each of the doctors, students to eventually learn, teach, create, and practice medicine in the century we live in by being connected to their calling and getting excited about their about perfecting their craft and connecting with their community and their colleagues and uh, themselves. That's a big thing. That, that's great. Yeah. Are there any other resources that you'd recommend for students? Maybe something to, to help them self-assess or keep on track during their clinical rotations, make sure they're keeping up with the pack, so to speak? I, I would say, I mean, obviously self-promotion, the happy doc, obviously. We're starting to do some things with uh, the voice space, voice technology space, but I think you'll probably talk to Taylor about that, my colleague, my co-founder and future podcast. Uh, so that's another thing that kind of goes with that theme with using technology in the space where in the century we live in. So, but I think also as far as resources, just pretty much, I would just say, I don't have necessarily for family medicine. I would say the American family physician podcast. That's really good. I think it's run by some residents and university of Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think you're correct. The AFP yeah. podcast. That's a great podcast. Uh, that if, if that's one thing you're into, but the AFP journals are good for family medicine. If you want to learn some things there. Uh, the AFP website, that's also AAFP website. There's things there as well. But yeah, but also I would also say like, you can also search your own things. Again, like I was saying, don't necessarily just take it didactically. I would say figure out your own curriculum. And I, I just want to give people that some examples and then figure out like, it's like doing your research at the library. Back we used to do back my day. I'm dating myself, like, again, like, old man over here. But but the whole point is uh, doing your own, uh, figure out what you want to do, what you want to, what you want to learn in that field. And how you like, so if you want to be, you're going to need to know some basic things for boards and stuff for the exam, but also try to think long term, how is this going to affect if you want to be a surgeon? What are you going to need to know? Like, what are important things? So what do you really want to nail down from that rotation? Because you're going to see a lot of it. 
So I think if you make it practical, so I would say make your curriculum practical. Search podcasts, videos, YouTube, all this stuff, it's out there. Take advantage of it. Don't let that be a barrier just because it's not at your medical school or you know it's not in the curriculum, quote, quote unquote, uh, formal education. Because a lot of real life learning comes out what we're doing right? in like real life space and virtual space, like here, what we're doing, connecting with people. That's at the end of the day, what I, I want them to learn from people. So find people that you want to, who, who have done what you want to do in your career and your path, and then see how you can kind of get there. Are there any thoughts for maybe physicians interested in starting to precept for students? Everyone has different styles. So my thing is whatever you think can best help effectively help students learn to learn do that. I like it. Okay. Uh, any way for the audience to reach out to you? I'm on, um, so I'm on social media. Uh, my handle is uh, Dr. Neil1973 at hotmail.com. So that's all lowercase medical school days, <laughs> still using hotmail, <laughs> but, like, but that's, that's pretty much on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Neil Desai is just the, if you just Google me, you know, I'll pop up somewhere or just go, or you can also go to the happy doc. The other, a good way to really get in touch with us is the happy doc channel. So at happy doc, it's pretty explanatory. Look us up on, on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever your social media choices, podcast. We're pretty, we're, we're, we're pretty much a lot all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dr. Neil decide this has been a great conversation. We went off on a lot of material. Um, so I want to thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. And I really hope the audience enjoys all of the content that you've been gracious enough to share. Sure. Thanks for having me, Chase. This was a lot of fun. All right. Take care. All right, bye. And one more quick announcement before we go today. There's a new platform coming called Find a Rotation. And Find a Rotation is going to be a sister organization to Free Med Ed. So we're going to collaborate on a lot of different projects. You're going to hear about it throughout future episodes. And basically, Fund Rotation is perfect for this show because it deals with your clinical rotations. So let's say you're a student that doesn't have as many resources at your school or looking for a very specific and competitive rotation and you're unable to find it. You can now go to findarotation.com or use the app once it becomes available to the public. And this allows students and physicians to go on, register for free accounts, and set up their own rotations. So there's no longer a need to use these mediaries, these rotation agencies that add significant expense to some students' tuition costs. Instead, on Find a Rotation, it's more like Airbnb. You go on, you search what's available, search by specialty, location, etc., find a preceptor, send a message to see if you can rotate during that period of time, and they'll accept or reject your request. So this is a very, very powerful app for those looking for different or unique clinical experiences. I strongly suggest you go to findarotation.com, and even though it has the coming soon page right now, just save it in your browser settings so you can come back periodically and see when it becomes available. We'll also try to make an announcement on the show and make sure to let any friends know they're having trouble finding their clinical rotations and experiences. 